2: Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, we're going to talk about a film that we think is underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about it. This week, Alice has picked Grease too, so let's get to it. Okay, so here we go. Grease 2 from 1982. Spoiler warning if you've not seen it. Alice, what's it about and why did you pick it?
3: (laughs) Oh, I can tell you're excited about this one, Josh. So (laughs) Grease 2 is the sequel to Grease. What? Uh, So we're back at Rydell High. And this time it follows the story of Stephanie who is the new leader of the Pink Ladies. And she is out looking for a man, basically. And then Sandy, who you might remember from the first film, her cousin, Michael, comes over from England to study at Rydell High. And he quite likes the look of Stephanie, but he's not really her thing. She's after a cool rider, a guy with a (laughs) motorbike, a guy with some edge, a guy with some style. But then sort of out of the blue, this mysterious, goggled, masked <laughs> motorbike rider comes to whisk her away and she falls madly in love without ever really seeing his face. But it turns out it was Michael all along. And so it's following their love story, following the journey of all these crazy teenagers who smoke like chimneys in this high mm. school and um, and with a lot of musical numbers along the way.
2: Yeah, it is a musical. That's it probably, is musical, should, One of us yes. probably should have said that at the start. Indeed. Um...
3: So the reason I picked it was so it was inspired by a Twitter exchange that I had with M from Verbal Diorama. So oh, she yes. Hello, M. She tweeted something about Greece 2 and then I was like, you know what? I think Greece 2 is better than Greece, which I know controversial, but I should say that I saw Grease 2 before I actually saw Grease. Oof. I know, which is a bit weird, but I was, I was like seven or eight or something. My parents had taped it off the TV on VHS um, and I just remember watching it like pretty much on a loop. Like I was obsessed. I thought that Stephanie, who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer, was just the coolest, sexiest thing ever. Um, so me and them had this little Twitter exchange and I was like, you know what? I've got to do Grease 2. I've got to do it for <laughs> me. I've got to do it for her. And I bet it's underrated, and it absolutely is underrated, which we'll get to later. So, Josh, have you seen this one before?
2: Yes. So, yeah, yeah, I had seen this one before. Um, I'd seen it about 15 years ago mm-hmm. when I was 15 or 16. Um, not to give my age away. <laughs> so, obviously, look, when I watched it when I was 15 or 16, I hated it. Mm. I, <laughs> I hated it. Now... I don't think I went into it when I was that age, knowing that it's got the legacy it's got, which obviously we should say before we start that it does have a legacy as being like one of the worst films ever made. It always comes Aww. up in those in those searches. Whether or not we're going to decide it is that we'll come on to, it remains to be seen. So, yeah, so I just remember not enjoying it when I was that age, but I went into this trying to, as we always say, try and find the good and the bad. So, yes, I had seen it before. Was I looking forward to watching it for the podcast? Nope.
3: <laughs> really? Not even in like a funny kind of way?
2: In a sort of morbid curiosity, like oh, I was slowing man. down for a car accident.
3: We're in for a bumpy ride. Yeah. Okay, well, go on, Josh. Was there anything that you liked about it? Um,
2: I think there's some stuff to like in there, yeah. Okay, Yeah, on. so I think there's some good songs. Mm. Um, I think all round, there's some really good set pieces, musical set pieces, great choreography, great physical performances from all the cast. Um, including, like, everyone, dancers, background artists and everything. There's quite, particularly in the first half, it's quite a visual, visual spectacle, I think it's safe to say. I think there's some good songs in there. The opening song, which I think is called Back to School or something oh, like yeah. that. brilliant. Good really? song. There's so yeah. much
3: going on there as well. Um, and like you said, the choreography for that is really good as it's, well. It's
2: really, and they, and, and they have sort of, I think I'm right in saying they put a lot more money into this one than the original Grease. Oh, did and they, really? The, I mean, it's certainly a big musical film. You can see it because, mm. you know, there's lots and lots for the eye to take in, in, especially in that opening scene. So that first song's quite good, Back to mm-hmm. School. Um, the one where they're at the bowling alley, which I think is called Score Tonight, because literally
3: score tonight.
2: <laughs> 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 everyone in this film is <laughs> horny as fuck.
3: They are <laughs> like, horny as fuck, and they are teenagers yeah, at high school. A lot
2: of, um, mm. yeah, a lot of, well, we'll come on to that. And, <laughs> and obviously, standout song which everyone knows is cool rider oh yeah which which does reminds me of like early meatloaf like bat of hell
3: yeah era meatloaf
2: a little bit so Mm -hmm. yeah so i think there's some good good stuff in there in that sense i think there's some funny moments in it Mm -hmm. again particularly in the first half and i'm sure you can see where i'm going with my first and second half analysis um so there's some funny moments as well. So there's some good little bits of exposition where, you know, so Michael is English and he's moved over from England to the States and they're taking him around the school and the guy taking him around the school is like speaking to him like he can't speak English. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Um the nervous teacher who was in the first one as well. Mm-hmm. He's he, you know, he's quite funny. The, the the two twins who were singing the song about the guy called Brad. Mm. That bit, that's quite funny. Um so I do, you know, there is stuff to like in there. Um I mean, what about you? So what did you think? What did you like when you were watching it?
3: So definitely the things that you touched on. I thought a lot of the songs were really, really good. And Back to School was a definite standout. And I think just a great way to start the film. A real pow, I think. Um, So I should obviously explain that because I watched this at such a tender young age, it's definitely kind of a bit more monumental for me, I think. And I think up until that point, because I think I mentioned before, like my dad... You know, we were always watching stuff like The Shining and Alien and Terminator <laughs> and Duel. And it's like, and that was all fine. But this was like the first kind of sexy, like rom com, you know, where people are just trying mm. to get off with each other kind of film that I saw. So I just really, really liked it. And like I said, I thought Stephanie was the coolest. I thought Michael was like super sexy. I don't feel that way anymore. I think I've kind of grown out of that sort of. That kind of sweater vest sort of combed back hair look. Um <laughs> but yeah, so I thought the songs were great, like visually really impressive. Obviously, lots going on with the costume, lots going on with like the cars and just kind of the whole look of the 60s, lots of great hair going on, especially from the T birds, you know, with the, mm. the like their big quiffs, all like combed back and stuff. Um, I mean, everyone's obviously about 30 years old, yep. which is quite funny. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I was like, these guys look older than kids in like teen films do now yeah. if you know what I mean yeah. like they obviously started much older um. so I love Stephanie as a character and I like that they've moved away from this kind of like because Sandy in the first film she's a bit like helpless and like Danny is always taking the piss out of her and she goes through the whole film like desperately trying to please him And then it turns out, in the end, the only thing that does please him is for her to completely change herself, Mm. change the way she looks, changes her attitude, starts smoking. And then that's the thing that gets him. Whereas with Stephanie, she's completely her own woman. She's not out to impress anybody. She dresses how she wants. She has people remarking at the fact that she wears trousers, because obviously all the other girls are wearing Mm. skirts. And then at the beginning of the film, she, uh, she puts a skirt over her trousers because someone goes, oh, wearing pants again, are we? Or something like that. She wears her pink ladies jacket, like, inside out, so it's, mm. like, black instead. And she knows what she wants, and she's waiting until she gets it. Like, all these lads are after her. You've got Johnny, who's, like, the main T-bird, and he's like, you know, oh, we had a good thing. When are we getting back together in this? And she's just like, I don't even like you anymore, and I could kiss the first guy who walked through that door if I wanted to, and she does. And I just really like that, and I think it shows the whole kind of the whole feel of Greece and the whole thing just going in a bit of a different direction. And it is Stephanie's story, I think, completely. Whereas in the first one, it's a lot of Danny Mm. and then Sandy kind of on the side. Mm. Whereas this is totally Stephanie's story. And I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer did a really good job. Um, It was quite funny. There were some funny moments in there, like you've already said. Um... I t- I like, so I like the fact that everyone is smoking so damn much. There's just <laughs> something, there's something like really kind of nostalgic and old school about that because you don't see it anymore. Obviously, it's funny that they're high school, they're, they're children, right? Mm. And they're smoking 30 like 30-year-old smoking yeah. children. <laughs> and I just find that really funny. It, and it just kind of sets a bit of a, like a bit of a mood. And it's just like, we are the cool teenagers. And if you want to be in our gang, you've got to impress us and all this. Um, I like the fact that Stephanie's got a job. And that you see her at her job, and that like the whole notion of like Greece is kind of her because she works at this petrol station. And then we kind of got this evolution where instead of it being all about cars, it's actually about motorbikes. And mm. she thinks that motorbikes are really cool. And all she wants is a cool rider mm. to come and like whisk her off into the sunset and stuff. Um, so I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought, I, I felt <laughs> all those things that I felt about it when I was a kid.
2: You got that sort of childhood it, baggage. Yeah, and it just, it.
3: it really held up for me. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. And I don't really see what everyone's got, like why everyone's got such a fucking gripe against it and why people hate it so much. I don't get it. Th- but also, a bit tricky because I saw it before Greece, So I yeah. wonder if I'd seen Greece first and then fallen in love with that film and then was given Greece 2 as like the sequel, then maybe I'd have been disappointed. But I don't know. That's not how I watched it
2: that I think that's interesting. I think it's an interesting point you make because for me, I was thinking about that. So when I was doing the dislikes or what I didn't like about it, I was thinking about that. Why Why was this so poorly received? Because for me, there's some stuff I didn't like about it. I didn't enjoy it that much, but it wasn't this this awful, abhorrent assault on film or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I wonder if a lot of people simply don't like it because because it's not greece mm-hmm. so because greece is so loved it almost couldn't live up to the hype of being a second one so it 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 sort of does repeat certain elements of the formula and tries to flip it on its head you know so it's like he's the sort of preppy nerdy one and she's the cool one rather than it being the other way around in the first greece and it does a re- repeat a lot of the same tropes but i think we need to look at it as its own film I think that's I think it's important to say he needs to be looked at his own film. There's no point, as we've said before, you know when film critics go, well it's not it's not the matrix. It's not this. It's, it's not, not Greece One. Well yeah. no, it's not Greece One, but you know, that should go without saying. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to say it's not Grease One, but mm-hmm. perhaps the love of the first Greece is why it's
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
2: It was like fighting the fighting the fight with one arm time behind its back, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of similar stuff that went on with, like, Speed and Speed 2. Speed like, and Speed quite, 2. Quite similar sort of thing going on there.
2: There's, I think there's there's plenty of examples like that where it's, it's a love film and then the sequels aren't that good. Even, for example, The Matrix. Mm. Even those films, the sequels aren't ever considered anywhere mm. near as good. Um, not as bad as Speed 2 and Grease 2, but, you know, it's just an example. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'd never no- the point you made about female empowerment's interesting. I'd never noticed that. But I again, you know, back to that whole male gaze thing. I suppose I hadn't noticed that. Although I would say that just to counteract that, the lead of the T-Birds does literally tell her she can't go out with anyone who's not a T-bird, otherwise she loses her status as the leader of the Pink Ladies, doesn't he? Mm. That's weird, isn't it? That's yeah. a very strange plot point. It is weird. Yeah.
3: Like, there's a, there is a lot of kind of this sort of sexist and kind in- of inappropriate you know, kind of behaviour. But it does, it, it. there definitely feels like there is a bit of a shift. Yeah. And it's a film, I just, I do feel like it's definitely more geared towards, like, to towards women of kind of a new era. Yeah. It's not just about, oh, how can you make yourself look good and look cool enough to get the, the cool guy at school? Yeah. It's more like, oh, no, actually, if you just kind of just be yourself, stick to what you know, stick to how you want to be, and then the right man will come along because, like Michael's dedication to getting Stephanie is quite admirable. Obviously, it's a little creepy, you know, yeah, that he yeah. like hides his identity and like wears the goggles. He's like, <laughs> need a ride? Like, it's such a who's weird. that guy? You know what oh I mean? Oh my god! But he's he. It's quite cute. Like, and again, uh, I think you can appreciate it more when there's a few decades between you and the film, so it's a bit more cute and not creepy. That like he starts, you know, doing all the guy's homework. Mm. Uh, to get money so that he can buy this motorbike to impress her and he buys this like crappy little motorbike does it up learns to ride um and then comes and and gives her exactly what she wants cuz her her desires are obviously quite superficial mm. um you know she does just kind of want a sexy guy with a motorbike Dory doesn't all. doesn't really i mean yeah who can blame her like doesn't really matter you know if what his job is or like or all that but she is a teenager in school and it's like and it's you're not thinking that far yeah. ahead yeah and it is a musical so everything is very superficial and very surface layer but i just i'd kind of not really appreciated, I suppose, how how much from that angle it is and how mm. she is kind of fighting against the patriarchy a little bit by wanting to wear trousers, by wanting to just be who she is, by not just settling for second best and that sort of thing.
2: I think that's a really good point. That's not something I I thought of.
3: Because this film is brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant.
2: So we'll move on then to talking about things that we perhaps would change about the film or that we didn't like. Um... Alice, I don't get the impression you've got loads, um, but let's hear them. What would you change?
3: So it is quite a short list for me, but obviously some of the outdated ideas around relationships and, you know, how men treat women and how women treat men, in fact, that, you know, it, it's very of its time. It's not things that I would expect to see today. So there's some very weird sexual tension between one of the female teachers who's <laughs> always got her boobs out um, yeah. and some of the T-birds, and she kind of really plays into that mm. as well. Um, so that was obviously a bit inappropriate. The relationship between Johnny and Paulette, is not great. Obviously, Paulette's really, really keen on him. And she he's just kind of toying with her. Like, cause he's holding out for Stephanie, basically. Like mm. he's made his claim for Stephanie and he thinks he deserves her because he's the leader of the T-Birds. Whereas Paulette actually really, really likes him. I don't know why. Um, and he's just kind of like toying with her a little bit. So obviously that's not great. So there was just kind of a bit of this going on. It's things that you don't really, you know, absorb when you're a child, and things, you know. There, There is obviously a bit of a line. There are some things you can forgive with films that are a couple of decades old and certain things that you can't. But, you know, like you said, it is a musical. And the men, they didn't always... Like, it wasn't always painted out like what they were up to was a good thing. So there's one of the guys whose name I forget, but he takes one of the pink ladies into a bomb shelter, into Mm. Michael's bomb shelter, right? To try and trick her to have sex with him by saying like, oh, you know, the alarms are going, so we better have sex now before the world ends sort of thing. But ultimately, he doesn't get what he wants. Like, she runs out there before it happens, then figures out what's happened and then calls him a dirtbag. So it's not like that's being sort of brought to you as isn't this a good idea isn't this a good way to trick women sort of thing um but i'll be honest apart from that there was nothing else i really <laughs> really enjoyed myself watching it and i will probably watch it again i'll be honest Me probably too. soon maybe tonight <laughs> who knows <laughs> Well, what about you, Josh? Anything? Um, I imagine your list is going to be a little bit longer than mine. (laughs) Well,
2: okay. Well, so the point you've just made is also in my notes about the way the male characters act. They're pretty rapey, Mm. pretty controlling as well. Mm -hmm. So like the Johnny and Paulette relationship, not only does he treat her like shit, but also there's bits where he sort of tells her what to wear and that sort of thing. However, she does sort of tell him to get screwed Mm. at the end. So I suppose your point about they may act this way, but none of them are actually successful. Is a good point, so I, I I completely take that on board. I think two two main issues with it for me. First is that I don't think they build up the romantic relationship between Michael and Stephanie enough. Mm-hmm. I think he seems to just fancy her mm-hmm. and then essentially try and mould himself after what she says. He what he thinks she wants.
3: Yeah, he's the Sandy in this. Yeah. instance. and so. Isn't he?
2: But I, but at least in Greece, one, they've had a summer fling and then mm. got back to school. Whereas this, I know it's meant to be sort of Cupid's Arrow in The Love at First Sight, but I didn't get that from it. It wasn't built up enough, and I don't know why it was. It just, it just wasn't. So that was the first thing. The second thing, and probably the main thing, is that the first sort of half hour, 45 minutes for me are good. Mm-hmm. It's a good musical. Like I said, it opens with a bang. And then for some reason... She was like, I just felt the ass really falls out of it.
3: Interesting. It
2: just, the pacing really goes. It becomes a little bit flabby. A lot of the songs are sort of overly long. I think it's probably around the number that we were just talking about, which is problematic where one of them takes a, a girl into a bunker and mm-hmm. sings a song to her about let's have sex for our country. Mm-hmm. Um, we've touched on that. That's not what I'm saying. But It's about that point where mm-hmm. I feel like the arse of the film falls out. It becomes like... I don't know, a little boring. There's some songs in there that for me I didn't really enjoy. So so um that one, the Please Have Sex With Me For America yeah, song. Yeah, Please Have it. Sex With Me. I think that's the yeah, actual title. Please, for please have, have Sex With Me for America. <laughs> um the one that's who's that guy? I think that's <gasps> Where
1: one. did he come from?
3: I
2: just didn't I
1: love no, that I didn't, one. He didn't
2: do it for me. <laughs> I've got here. <laughs> just as here the reproduction song is odd.
3: Reproduction. Oh, that's rep- it. The sex,
2: the, this is how sex works. Yes, song that was weird. There's a lot of a lot of sex stuff in this. It's quite.
3: It is very weird, sex, like very sexually yeah. driven, isn't it? So that reproduction song, obviously, I so when I was a kid, I, I genuinely just thought that was about plants because that's, like that's what they're because that's what they're learning about, isn't yeah, it? And yeah. so I went around singing it. I don't know what my parents must have thought. <laughs> just a little while, he's like reproduction. A
2: couple, uh, couple of letters went home from school. <laughs> Um, the worst song was I think it's called Charade a Charade I don't know what it
3: oh how does it go go on I sing it for I can't like, remember I can't think I of what I can't remember
2: but that, of. I just remember there being a couple of quite boring mm. songs a little bit samey mm-hmm. it's like they don't mix up the fast and the ballads enough um, so yeah a little bit of a pacing issue the other thing is um, Frenchie is in it yes from Greece 1
3: mm-hmm.
2: and she just disappears She's in it, and then
3: is she not in the, like the second half? Is no, she not? She, oh, so I was reading about it. And
2: apparently, they filmed scenes mm. or wrote scenes for her and couldn't couldn't fit them in. So, oh. so she's in it because. So she's basically, Michael, yeah. Michael, is Sandy's cousin.
3: Mm-hmm. Come over from bonny old England from England,
2: yeah. and um, and Sandy's not in it. Sandy's not and in the it. The fact though. that he she he is her cousin. Why they didn't make him. Um Frenchie's cousin. I don't she know was there. because she's yeah. in it. It just really highlights the fact that Olivia Newton John's not in the film. Mm. Um so so Frenchie is in it, and she's like helping him adapt or yeah. helping him bed into school because she has gone back to school because she's a beauty school dropout. Mm-hmm. I think.
3: Yeah, something and, like that. Yeah, and yeah. She wants to make wants her to own. She wants to do chemistry and wants to do her
2: own cosmetics.
3: Yeah. See deep stuff going
2: on. But but she just disappears.
3: I, I hadn't even noticed that. It, yeah. No. And I was
2: like, but that was your <laughs> that was your tie to the first film. Yeah. And it's like it can't decide, is it a sequel to Greece One? Mm. Or is it just a similar is it Greece Two? Is it set in the same sort of world? Mm. But it's like it's set at the same high school.
3: Same school.
2: But some of them got
3: the T-birds, got the pink yeah, ladies, yeah.
2: Which seems to be some sort of mantra that has passed from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. But I know it's a little bit. There was a little bit of inconsistency there, but the main issue I had with it was it's it, I just the second half's slow mm. and I think it's a bit flabby and there's a lot of scenes that go on longer than they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if because the original, the original was adapted from a stage musical, wasn't it? And th- that has obviously been something that's been worked on over time and years and been refined before it was adapted for a film. Mm. Whereas this is just a straight, Sequel. Yeah. And Let's quite make often, more you, money using
3: yeah. the Grease name. Yeah. And quite
2: often, you can tell when, for example, a film has been years in the making and then they've done a sequel mm-hmm. because it's like the you know, quite often you get films, really good concept, well executed film, the sequel comes out two years later and it's just nowhere near a refined. Mm-hmm. But that was about it for, for my dislikes. Um, so, yeah. Not as bad as I was expecting, okay. and I don't That's not good. sure as bad as its legacy suggests. Mm-hmm. We'll come on to talking about the critical reception in a moment, but before we do, Alice, believe you're be going to take us on a journey.
3: I am indeed, Josh. Get ready now, you and listeners, as we head down the rabbit hole for this bit. We're going to call Alice down the Strapped rabbit hole. In. So. <sighs> For this rendition of Alice Down the Rabbit Hole, we're going to take a look at the life and times of the actor behind Miss McGee, the principal at Rydell High, the late Eve Arden. Eve, born Eunice Mary Quiddins in 1908 and boasted an incredibly long, varied career across theatre, film, television and radio, starting all the way back in 1929. She started a career on the stage at the age of 16 after dropping out of school. Over the years, she found herself often cast in comedies, offering her take on the more wise-cracking, witty, fast-talking, confident women of the time. Certainly no damsel in distress. She never really got to play the leading lady and was more and cast as the lead's best friend, but is regarded as one of Hollywood's greatest supporting actors, boasting over 100 acting credits. She has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for television and radio, and encountered many of Hollywood's biggest names throughout her career, including Catherine Hepburn, Groucho Marx, and Lucille Ball. She passed away in 1990 at her home at age 82 and was posthumously inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame in 1995. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit (sighs) Hole.
2: So there we go, another fantastic rabbit hole about someone who has two stars. On the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is... I didn't even know you can have more than one, to mm. be honest. So, um, that's pretty cool. Very successful um, lady. Very successful lady. Um, so, let's move on to talking about the critical reception. So, I haven't seen this yet.
3: Mm-hmm. What do you think it got, Josh? Thinking...
2: Not good, Alice. No, do
3: not think... <laughs> Who do you reckon was worse, the critics so, or the so, audience? So, <laughs> here's, here's
2: what I think, So I haven't, I haven't seen it. I think...
3: Throw a few numbers around.
2: ...that critically it didn't do well, mm-hmm. but I think the audience are probably quite kind to it. Okay. So I'm going to say the critics probably gave it somewhere around... a four.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think the audience may be more like a six.
3: Okay, interesting. So at the time of recording on IMDb, it got four point four. On Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it fifty three percent, and then the critics gave it thirty seven percent. So you were kind of in the you ball, were there. yeah, yeah, a bit generous with your I was six, a, bit a bit generous with, generous with, with your no, six. because the thing
2: is, is I know that a lot of people have a lot of love for this film. You're not mm-hmm. the first person I've heard say this is a great. It's a good film. It's nowhere near as bad as everyone says. Mm. So, I mean, what do we think then? Thirty. So it's about. So it's a, it's about forty five percent, isn't it? Around average for four four point five. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I mean, I think I already know what you're going to say. Is that harsh?
3: So, I really, really like this film, and I really, really enjoyed watching it. So, I definitely do think it's underrated, and a lot of like the reviews, like mm. you said, some of them are a bit oh, it's not Grease though, is it? Mm. And it's like, no, it's no, not. no, it's, it's not Grease. You're right, <laughs> yeah. Grease is Grease. If you want more yeah. Grease, go you watch Grease. watch Grease
2: again, if you love um, Grease so much?
3: But yeah, for me, that is definitely underrated. I personally, I know Seven's a bit generous, but it would definitely make the Sixes for me, at okay. least. And I still want to watch it. I still have fun. And I think the songs are really good. I think you're right that there's a couple of weak ones in there. But mm. in general, I think the songs are banging. So what, I have the deciding, I have the
2: deciding, but I can see it in your eyes. You're desperate, <laughs> aren't you? You're desperate to open that, uh, that underrated door and slide <laughs> this on in there. Um, is it underrated?
3: If you're thinking like 4.4,
2: I'm yeah. going to say mm. it is underrated. Ooh, I because I didn't enjoy that. it that much, but the good parts in the first half of the film and some of the other stuff around the, the choreography, which is pretty good all the way through. I think 37% particularly is harsh. Mm-hmm. And that's what the critics gave it on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, whilst I didn't enjoy it that much, I wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again like you are. Mm-hmm. I think that's underrated.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, great, awesome. I feel good now. And for anyone who's interested, I'm going to be hosting a Greece two party at my place. Oh, no, no, not yet, not yet. We'll wait. We'll wait for the COVID situation to quieten down a little bit. Yeah,
2: yeah uh, and then it'll definitely happen. It You'll will definitely, definitely happen. Have definitely. a Greece two party at your house where anyone who listens to this can come.
3: Yes, you're all welcome. All two of you. Yeah,
2: yeah. Which is us
3: two. <laughs> So there we go. Very surprisingly, but very gladly, another one for the underrated pile. I'm sure Josh won't regret his decision. So, mate, what are we <laughs> going to be watching for next week? I'm already thinking about whatever I'm going well, <laughs> to Have I made the right yeah. choice? Um,
2: what are we going to watch for next week? Next week, we are going to be watching and talking about Rat Race.
3: Ooh, exciting. I look
2: yes. forward to it. Uh, so, there we go. Tune in next week when we will be talking about uh, Rat Race. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, suggest a film, tell us what you think of Greece 2 and why we might be right or wrong.
3: Please tell me what you think of Greece 2. Um, I'd love to hear it.
2: It's films on that pod at gmail.com. Um, please do make sure you subscribe so the episodes appear in your feed. If you could give us a little review on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. If you'd like to get in touch with us on social media, it's Just FilmsOnThatPod on pretty much all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And the website is JustFilmsOnThatPod.com. Um, well, we'll see you next week for Rat Race. Alice Oliver, thank you very much for joining me as ever.
3: Thank you very much, Josh. Pleasure as always.
2: Uh, and it's goodbye from me. Cheerio.
3: Bye.
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk?